Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 587. A little housekeeping thing here. Last week we didn't have a correct answer on our mystery bird contest, so we had a drawing to determine our winner from those with nearly the correct answer. And then what did we do? We forgot to say what the bird was at the end of the show. Well, it was the tricolored heron. Ben up there in Lawrence, Mass. was our winner, and uh, tricolored heron was the bird uh, formerly known as the Louisiana heron. Well, thank you to Scott Simon and all the folks at National Public Radio's Weekend Edition Saturday for hosting yours truly as a guest on yesterday's show. If you missed it and you'd like to catch up with the program, you can find a link on our TalkingBirds.com website and also on the NPR Weekend Edition Saturday website. We exploded some myths about birds in that segment, by the way. From the Talking Birds email bag, we have this note from Heather Taylor down in Mount Airy, Maryland. She says, Hi, Ray, I don't know if you can hear this recording very well, but we've been hearing this sound at night for the past couple of weeks. It's been driving us crazy, trying to figure it out. So finally, I went out with a flashlight at night and discovered it was two young Barred owls right beside our garage. I've never heard this sound before and wondered if anyone else ever had. Just thought I would share this new discovery. Well, good for you, Heather, getting out there, discovering those birds. And thanks for sharing it. We've kind of enhanced and extended this recording a little to hear what one of those young barred owls sounds like. We'll hear the very high-pitched sound three times over the length of this recording, which is about 30 seconds long. You have a lot of background noise, but you'll hear that high-pitched sound here. Here it comes again. That was it right there. That is very high-pitched. We'll hear it one more time. Young Bard Owl. Thanks to Heather Heather Taylor down there in, in Mount Airy, Maryland, for finding that owl and getting a recording of it. Just uh, mostly south of Maryland is the state of Virginia, and that is our bonus state for today. Now, if you get through to our show from that state on our Mystery Bird Contest today, you'll win a very special bonus prize. Are you ready? It's the Celestron National Park Foundation 3-in-1 device. A perfect companion if you're planning to do a little camping in a national park or any place else. It features a rechargeable power pack to charge up your phones and tablets and such, plus a 12-hour hand warmer and a multi-function LED flashlight. This is a cool little thing. Now, if you're in Virginia and you get to us on our Mystery Bird Contest this morning, you'll automatically win 
that special prize in addition to other prizes you might win on our Mystery Bird Contest. So get ready to call Old Dominion Staters. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. How the plants you plant can help the planet. From up close, this looks like a sleeping polar bear. But look again. It is unbelievable. Trust me. From our conspiracy theory department. Isn't that the Talking Birds logo in a photo with FBI Director James Comey? Certainly looks like it. It's right there on our Facebook page. And would you like to join us in the amazing, incredible, there is no other place on Earth like it destination, the Galapagos Islands? Well, our Facebook page will explain how to do it. And by the way, there are only three cabins still available for this once-in-a-lifetime trip that will be going on next September. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. And don't forget, you can find those stories, too, in an online search, or some of them, if you're not a Facebook follower. Here's our blog this week. What's the connection between drought and the scarcity of sweet corn? May seem like an obvious answer, but it's maybe not quite what you think. And yes, there is a bird connection. That's on this week's blog, easily found at TalkinBirds.com. Well, here's something we haven't done in quite a while. It's our little uh, segment that we call Amazing Bird Behavior. Well, here's the story. For birds that make long-distance flights, scientists have assumed but could never be absolutely certain that the birds must take naps during their journeys. Well, guess what? As reported by Seeker.com, a new study of frigate birds from those Galapagos Islands we just mentioned indicates that they do take naps while flying. Researchers from the Max Planck Institute for Ornithology tested the assumption outfitting frigate birds with tiny devices that measure their brain activity. These bird versions of airplane black box flight recorders gathered data on the birds as they flew journeys lasting up to 10 days and about 1,800 miles. And the scientists collected information from both hemispheres of the birds' brains while also tracking their head movements. Now, once the birds returned themselves and their data recorders to their nests and the numbers could be crunched, the scientists found that the birds did indeed sleep mid-flight. During the day, they stayed awake and ready to forage as they flew. But at night, they switched to a type of rest known as shortwave sleep, SWS, that could last up to several minutes at a time while they were flying. Now, to their surprise, the team found that the SWS brain activity could occur in both hemispheres of the brain at once, even though... Far more often, birds effectively switched off half of the brain while the other hemisphere remained alert. And why keep half a brain alert? Well, to avoid collisions with other birds, for example. And by the way, scientists say that as for why we humans and many other animals suffer dramatically from sleep loss, whereas some birds are able to perform well on far less sleep, that remains a mystery. That's the great thing about science. They're always, you know... Trying to figure out stuff that hasn't been figured out uh, quite yet. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. 
We're hitting the road again, taking our Talking Birds show to the spectacularly beautiful Cadia National Park in Maine. We'll be broadcasting live from the plaza outside the ranger station on the Skudik Peninsula there. If you're anywhere near Acadia next Sunday, please come by and say hey and be part of our live broadcast. That's Sunday, August 21st, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Eastern at the ranger station, Skudik Peninsula, Acadia National Park in Maine. Still to come on our show today, we'll talk with a lady who has added a very cool touch to our new Talking Birds newsletter. We'll also talk with our man Mike O'Connor from the justly famous Birdwatchers General Store in Cape Cod. We'll talk about summer heat, bird seed, and meal moths. And Cape Cod, by the way, is a place where you might find today's mystery bird. And we have some swell prizes for you if you can identify it in our mystery bird contest. And in just a moment, here on Talking Birds, the elusive Igretta Garzetta is today's featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says we care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. When folks see a little egret for the first time, they usually say something like, look, there's a snowy egret. And understandably so, since the two species are strikingly similar. The little egret usually ranges from Western Europe, Africa, and Southern Asia and Japan, south to Australia. The first North American report came from Newfoundland in 1954, and it wasn't until the 1980s that a few more were reported in Atlantic Canada, and soon after in New England. According to Paul Basich and Wayne Peterson of the Birding E-Bulletin, little egrets are now sighted almost every year in the Northeast, both in Atlantic Canada and in New England, usually in spring and summer. Little egrets have also occurred on several Caribbean islands, most notably Barbados, where the bird is now breeding. And a May 2000 record was established for the western Aleutian Islands, stretching from Alaska to Russia. Like the snowy egret, the little egret is a medium-sized, all-white egret with a black bill, black legs, and distinctive yellow feet. To separate the two, look for long, dangling head plumes, which all adult little egrets have, except when molting in fall, and which all snowy egrets lack, except for a few rare individuals that may be hybrids. Little egrets use a variety of methods to procure their food, They stalk their prey in shallow water, often running with raised wings or shuffling their feet to disturb small fish, or they may stand still and wait to ambush prey. Their diet is mainly fish, but they'll also eat amphibians, small reptiles, mammals, and birds, as well as crustaceans, insects, spiders, and some worms. As with most of its family, the little egret is known for the beauty of its appearance, and not so much for its vocalizations. Flight calls there that might make the listener take flight from the beautiful Egretta Garzetta, the little egret. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. 
Thanks again for being with us here at our show number 587. We hope you'll visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TalkinBirds. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry, and I'm an actor reaching out with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, which works with private landowners to protect wildlife, preserve natural habitats, and create permanent sanctuaries. To learn more, call 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Talking Birds is sponsored in part by Chimani, providing free outdoor mobile app travel guides to plan and navigate your journey to more than 400 national parks, monuments, and historic sites. From Acadia to Zion, go to Chimani.com. That's C-H-I-M-A-N-I.com to download your free app today. Well, another new thing we have around here is our new newsletter. We call it The Trumpeter. It has a beautiful rendering of a trumpeter swan going from left to right, or in this case, north to south. And we want to say thank you right now to the lady who created that beautiful new header for our new newsletter. And she is Joy Schmall, and she is out there in Highland Park, Illinois, and joins us on the phone right now. Good morning, Joy. Good morning, Ray. It's great to talk to you, and so wonderful that you uh, offered us that beautiful that beautiful artwork of yours, that graphic design. So we just wanted to take a chance, not a chance, but an opportunity to uh, say thank you on the air because you sent us that with uh, asking nothing in return, and it's a beautiful thing. So thank you. Yeah, it was definitely my pleasure to to create that, and I kind of looked at it as a, a way that I could give back to the show. Um, it's turned out to be really important to my family, uh, my dad and I have actually been loyal listeners for quite a while now, and I live close to him, so I'm fortunate to be able to take a, a walk with him every week, and we go looking for birds, and mm-hmm. invariably, you know, we'll we'll see some bird, and it'll spark a memory from your show, and we'll say, oh, did you hear about, I don't know, piping plovers on, on talking birds? And so it, in addition to just being an integral part of our birding experience, it's it's been something that we've bonded over, so it was a nice way for me to say thank you for for you all for putting the show together. Wow, what a beautiful story. That is just uh, so amazing. Uh, Joy, how did you become a graphics designer? You didn't really start out that way, did you, to be a designer? <laughs> you had a different path no, at first. Yeah, it was kind of a roundabout path I've taken. I started out as a high school science teacher and uh, discovered through that experience that I really enjoyed creating worksheets and visuals to teach different concepts to the students. And um, with that, I started teaching myself more and more about graphic design and looking for opportunities to to do that sort of work. And actually, it was a serendipitous event that I I got to do the layout for a local Audubon Society here for their newsletter and that was kind of a revelation to to do work for a nature organization because I I enjoyed the work even more than usual and it just added meaning and and kind of gave impetus to the design work so I realized that was the niche that I wanted to focus on and that's why I've been pursuing the past two or three years now. And you have all the great organizations um, 
that you've done that are conservation-related, Audubon Society there locally, as you said, and, and a number of others. Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to, to experience just the variety of work that you can do through conservation, whether it's, you know, helping a specific group of animals like birds or, or one organization focus on, focuses on river conservation and advocacy. So even focusing on nature, you just have a a wealth of things to to learn about and and explore. And you become kind of a serious birder too along the way here. And we talked earlier off the air about uh, one of the books that inspired you, as it has so many people. And it's Ken Kaufman's uh, pretty um, amazing book, his about his journey when he was just a, a young man, his uh, Kingbird Highway. Yeah, I, I read that a few years ago, and just happened to take it off the library shelf and. It's obviously been, you know, led to a big turn in my life. And, uh, you know, after reading that, I started birding with my camera and telephoto lens, and that was fine. But, you know, the it really took off when a friend of mine bought a pair of secondhand binoculars at a garage sale and gave them to me. And that just kind of started a, a movement, and wow. it changed my life and, you know changed my dad's life and it's it's been great well what a wonderful story joy thank you so much and thank you for letting us be the beneficiary of uh, of your love of nature and birds and and graphics and your great skill at graphic design i want to give your uh, website here it's one even i can remember it's just say joy.com i can remember that one easily mm-hmm. just say joy.com joy thank you so much and uh as the birders say all over, good birding. Thanks, you too, Ray. Joy Schmall here on Talking Birds. Just amazing. And uh, please visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter there right at the top of the page. Up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Well, there's an exciting development around here, and it concerns something we talked about last week, the Galapagos Islands. I'll be heading there next September with my friends from Sunrise Birding, one of the world's finest small group touring companies, and I'm inviting Talking Birds listeners to join me. I'll be your host for this trip to one of the most amazing destinations on the planet. We'll get up close to giant Galapagos tortoises and marine iguanas and see hundreds of spectacular bird species. We'll even snorkel with Galapagos penguins. We'll be led by expert local guides and we'll cruise in comfort aboard a custom-designed first-class yacht. Please join me for this trip of a lifetime, and don't wait because reservation space is extremely limited. For full details, look for the Galapagos Birding and Wildlife Cruise at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. When you see the itinerary, you will be impressed, I promise. Please check it out right now at sunrisebirding.com. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. Bonus prize state today, Virginia. If you happen to be there and get through to our show here, you will win automatically this amazing prize, this Celestron National Park Foundation 3-in-1 device, rechargeable power pack, hand warmer, and LED flashlight. So if you're in Virginia, get to us here on the contest, and good luck, old Dominion Staters. Otherwise, you're eligible to win here in Talking Birds if you haven't been a winner in the past. 
six months. Our number, this is the important part, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Please call us as soon as you possibly can. Our prize today, the main prize, a Droll Yankees A6F Classic Bird Feeder, the original one, copied all over the world, invented in 1969 by Droll Yankees founder Peter Kill them. And yes, it does have a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. And our bonus prize, a 12-ounce bag of birds and beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee. We love birds and beans coffee, and you will love it too and hope you win that prize. 781-837-4900 is the number. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized sandpiper, about eight and a half inches long, kind of stocky with a slightly drooping bill. It has reddish-brown upper parts and a black belly patch and breeding plumage and kind of a dark brownish-gray over white pattern in non-breeding plumage. In the fall and winter, our bird, which breeds along the Arctic coast and winters as far south as Mexico, gets its food, aquatic worms and bivalves and insects by wading in shallow water and probing deep into the sand and mud. It's often seen in big flocks on beaches and mud flats. What is it? Tell us or take a guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, Mike O'Connor, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Dear Talking Birds listeners, the fact that you're listening to our show probably means you're interested in helping birds survive. Well, there are fewer birds every year, especially the ones that spend the winter in the tropics and dazzle us in spring and summer. There are ways to stop and maybe reverse this decline, and one of them is as simple as drinking coffee. Not just any coffee, of course. I'm talking about Birds and Beans coffee. Birds and Beans is the only company on the planet that sells only bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee. Certified by the highly respected Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center and certified organic and fair trade so the small farmers who grow the coffee get a fair return for their work. All you and I have to do is buy some. It costs a little more than the sun-grown stuff down at the supermarket, but it helps birds survive. And it's delicious. Please buy some. Find out where to get it or order it directly at birdsandbeans.com. That's birdsandbeans.com. It's time for Let's Ask Mike Live. Mike O'Connor from the Bird Watchers General Store, Cape Cod. Buggy, webby, and nasty. Three adjectives that are hardly ever used to describe Mike O'Connor. And we'll find out more about that because he's on the... Is he on the phone with us? He is on the phone with us. We don't hear him there, but... We, I'm just trying to make you nervous. Oh, I was already nervous. You didn't, yeah. All right. Good um, morning, I'm Mike. I'm here, Ray. I'm here, but I'm not too happy because it's too damn hot. You're going to yeah. do something about this. You're in the freezer. <laughs> like, I should have slept in the freezer last night. But you, but you know who likes the hot weather? It's meal moths. Mm, meal yeah. moths are moths that are, uh, people call them millers. They're grain moths, and they they lay their eggs in grains and in, in all kinds of food, natural food, any food that's untreated, but my concern is bird seed, you know, sunflower mm. seeds or any kind of seed. And that they're laid in the eggs in the field or they get it into the seeds in, uh, or into the seed in the warehouse. And then if, they're, if the seed's not used up right away, they'll sprout or they'll hatch. They don't sprout, but they'll, they'll hatch mm. and they turn into these little, 
tiny little wormy things about a half an inch long, and they spread webs in throughout the seeds. And we run into a lot of problem with that, um, with people who decided we're not going to feed the birds in the summer, so they put their bird seed in the in the closet or the attic or someplace, and then they open up in the fall, and they got all these bugs, and then they complain to me that the seed's no good. Well, the seed was fine when you bought it, but you have to use it up right away. This time yeah. of year, don't be tempted to buy a lot of seed because it's on sale, or you don't yeah. feel like going shopping every day because it's too damn hot. Use buy smaller amounts that you're going to use up in a few weeks because these things. These meal moths germinate in the hot weather. They're harmless. They won't harm you, and they won't harm the birds. But they'll be flying around your house, and then you'll be calling me. Yeah. So buy, buy, buy smaller amounts, and, and if you can, store your bird seed in a shed or a garage or some outside building because you don't want these bugs yeah. into your house. What about uh, putting them in the freezer? Where, where is there room for them there where you are? Or? Well, <laughs> I'm taking up all the room in the freezer okay. lately. But, yeah, if you keep it cold, see, it's not an issue in the wintertime. If yeah. you keep your bird seed cold, like I have a garage, a lot of people have sheds. When it's cold, this, they, their process shuts down. They get, it become dormant. It's, it's the hot weather. So if you buy small amounts of seed and you want to keep it in a cool spot in the refrigerator or the freezer, the freezer will actually kill them. So that's okay. a good thing. Yeah. So that's not, that's not a problem. It's now. Mm-hmm. Um, so only buy what you can use up right away. And if you've got some seed that you haven't been using for a while, check it. And use it up pretty quickly. And if it does get buggy, it's not poison. You can put it out on the ground, um, but they will clog your feeder with the, with these webs. Um, but you just don't want it. Yeah. yeah that's okay. all. And if it happens, it's not your fault, right? Yeah. Don't come c- complaining to me. <laughs> but I, I I can't talk about it anymore. I got to get back in the freezer. All right. <laughs> Keep cool. Okay. Thank you, Mike. You Mike O'Connor, right. Bird Watchers General Store, Cape Cod. He'll be back with us next week, and we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest, trying to identify this mystery bird. A medium-sized sandpiper, eight and a half inches long, kind of stocky with a slightly drooping bill, reddish-brown upper parts, black belly patch in the breeding plumage, kind of a dark brownish-gray over white pattern, non-breeding plumage. Our, breed, our bird breeds over the Arctic coast, winters as far south as Mexico. It weighs in shallow water, probing into the sand and mud to get aquatic worms and bivalves and insects. What is it? 781-837-4900 is our number. Um... No, Virginia is our bonus day today, but I see that we have calls right now from South Carolina and North Carolina. So we'll see how that goes. And our, our first caller, I think, is from Hanover, Massachusetts, and that would be Don. Hey, good morning, Don. It's actually John. Oh, it's John. All right, all right. John, we've got it. How are you doing, John? I'm um, fine. How are you? Fine, thank you. What do you think, uh, uh, John? John. I- I guess, I did some cross-reference, and I guessed that the red knot. The red knot. A top-quality guess, but not exactly correct. Try us again. thank you. All right, thank you, John. Okay, not a a red knot, not a knot, but what do you think it is? 781-837-4900 is the number, and we have uh, Kathy in. Is that right? Yeah, Kathy. uh, We'll go to Kathy in Charleston, South Carolina. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Nice to hear from you. How'd you find our show, Kathy? Oh, gosh, I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> I haven't been a regular listener, but I've, um, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so, yeah. But, but occasionally I get to listen, and this yep. is the first time I've listened live. Okay, well, welcome. We're glad to, we're glad to uh, have you. Um, we get a lot of calls from North Carolina, but not so much from South Carolina, so we're especially happy to hear from you. And what do you say our mystery bird is, uh, Kathy? It's a dun one. You send that with such confidence. Absolutely right. It is a dunlin. 
That yeah. drooping bill was probably a pretty good clue, was it? A slightly drooping bill? And the black-bellied patch for breeding plumage. Ah, okay, great. So you're in Charleston, South Carolina, a beautiful place. What it kind is. of birding you got going on down there? Uh, well, the shorebirds are just beginning to start coming through on their mm -hmm. fall migration. So we're looking at those every now and then. But right now it's really hot, so I'm not out <laughs> that much right now. Yeah. But. I don't think it's much hotter there than it will be here today. I could be wrong, but we're going to be in the mid-90s, I think, here in Massachusetts. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, that's about what we're going to have. All right, we're keeping up with you. Kathy, thank you so much. Uh, if you'll stay on the line, we'll get your address and send you that droll Yankees feeder and that Birds and Beans coffee. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. Before I'll we... stay on the line. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go, a very quick thank you to Brian in Cohoes, New York. I think I pronounced that correctly. Brian, for your lovely message on our Facebook page, thank you so much for that. We are out of time for this morning's show. Next week, we'll be at Acadia National Park in Maine, Scudic Peninsula by the Ranger Station. Come by and see us if you possibly can, if you're in the area. Executive producer of Pocket Birds, Mark Duffield. Our associate producer, Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.